If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is VEASAN's Betting Across America live from Las Vegas and Denver. I'm Adam Candy at the South Point Sportsbook. James Salinas is in his highly, highly secure betting bunker uh, downstairs in Denver. Don't anybody disturb him. He is doing very serious work down there, talking about not only his favorites today in the NBA and NHL, but we're going to go right into the belly of the beast here in a minute and talk about what we know. James has so much knowledge to share on with these circa contests that were announced this week, not only the Circus Sports Million, but the uh, very enhanced in terms of the prize money, uh, Circus Survivor as well. Uh, we do have NBA action happening live at the moment. And James, the question we asked about the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks was, do the Heat have a little bit of fight left in them? All right, well, at least through one quarter, it looks like the Heat have at least some interest in showing up for this game and potentially for uh, maybe even another game if they can keep things going. But uh, they have played pretty well thus far, the Miami Heat leading 
at the end of one quarter of play. Make sure I get the uh, updated score here. 26-22 for Miami. Bucks are one and a half point favorites live. Total 215 and a half. All right, so the Bucks were four and a half point favorites. We both think they are the more talented team. Is there a trigger point on that live number, James, or on that live money line price for the Bucks at which you would be interested in getting involved? Just looking at the box score here, Adam, Bucks down four, 26-22 after one, have not shot the ball well at all. One of 10 from beyond the arc, not shooting from outside, not shooting from anywhere on the floor, nine of 26 from the field collectively at 32%. So is that going to continue? I suspect not. But I guess one of the pieces here, too, is the, the loss of Dante DiVincenzo, and now he's going to be gone for the season. Now you're starting to see some different lineups that are going to have to play out not only through this game but going forward for the Milwaukee Bucks. So I think I'm going to give it another quarter just to see what is the rotations, what does this look like for the Bucks? Because I think anytime you lose a starter, and obviously he wasn't a he, he, young player was DiVincenzo, but anytime you're losing a starter to your roster, how does that affect what your rotation is going to look like? So I think that's a factor right now. Will we figure that out through t- through two quarters of play? Not sure, but I want to see if, if they're going to start to shoot the basketball better get some better looks at the rim and can Miami continue to bring this intensity I just question where was that in game three because that would have helped my two tickets out when I had it for get six games or seven games uh, for the series to go and at this case here yeah Miami having some fight can they sustain that for for another three quarters I'm not sure let's give it another quarter and we'll we'll catch up at halftime and see where it sits Giannis 0 of 5 from the floor for just three points Thus far, in fact, nobody on the Bucks roster has more than five points in the first quarter. Uh, not the source you would have expected for the Miami Heat. It's Trevor Ariza leading all scorers with 11 points, three three-pointers. Jimmy Butler not getting it done on points, but six assists and five rebounds in period number one. And I'm with you, James, in terms of waiting a little bit. If this gets to halftime with a similar score, you might be getting uh, points with the Bucks, or you might have just a better price on the money line, and I don't think anything the Heat do in the second quarter is going to make it impossible for the Bucks to come back in this game. 26-22 at the end of one period of play. We do have Major League Baseball happening as well. The Tampa Bay Rays and the Philadelphia Phillies, they are in the fourth inning, top of the fourth inning, 2 nothing. For the Tampa Bay Rays, they got those runs in the first against Zach Wheeler. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough on the mound for the Rays here at this point. Rays went off minus 118, total of seven. Rays are now big, big favorites. Uh, You can get the Phillies plus 390 to come back here. Total of six on the board at the moment. Pirates add a Brian Reynolds home run. Go up 6 nothing on the Colorado Rockies, two of the worst teams in baseball, squaring off here. Pirates were minus 131 coming in. They are now uh, off the board on the money line. Total of seven hanging up there as well. Uh, Miami, as we update the score early in the second quarter, 31-24 edge over the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, This is going to be a great day in the NBA. Of course, we have the Wizards and the Sixers. Wizards trying to keep their hopes alive. Nuggets and the Trailblazers in what has been one of the most entertaining series 
of the year. And those young Memphis Grizzlies, man, are they a fun watch. Going home, playing in the grindhouse, trying to see if they can go up in the series on the Utah Jazz. This is VEASAN's Betting Across America, live from Las Vegas and Denver. Adam Candy, joined by James Salinas, previewing that NBA slate that we just mentioned James, the one that we did not spend as much time on in the first hour of betting across America is the one I just mentioned. These Memphis Grizzlies going home to take on the Utah Jazz. Uh, We know that this series is 1-1 at the moment. A much, much different game in Game 2 with Donovan Mitchell back in the lineup. The Utah Jazz scored at will, end up setting a franchise record for points scored. This is a 9.35 p.m. Eastern start to finish up your day. Jazz are laying 5.5. Grizzlies plus 190 on the money line with a total of 224. Uh, Were you convinced by the return of Donovan Mitchell, James, that this Jazz team is now ready to outclass the Grizzlies? I think with Donovan Mitchell, what I really wanted to see is how how is his ankle? How was he tentative out there on the court? Was he going to be favoring that? Was he going to be less aggressive? Didn't see that. Now, he didn't play a ton of minutes. Was in the mid-20s when it came to, to, to how many minutes he got on the floor. But ultimately, they had a big lead and couldn't sustain it. Allowed the Grizzlies to get back into it. And I think that's what's impressive about the Grizzlies. I think they're just playing with house money. Uh, they were able to get through the Warriors in that elimination play-in game a couple weeks or a week ago. And I think that gave them a lot of confidence to be able to go in there. Now, obviously, a completely different matchup with the Warriors versus the Jazz. But just from a psychological standpoint for the Grizzlies, very young ball club here, but very athletic, very aggressive, and right now playing with a lot of confidence. We're able to get the series split, win game one. I think Utah did not have Donovan Mitchell, obviously, in that game and had been out for about five weeks prior to the series starting. But I think that's where you, you see a young team start to build confidence and then realize there's no pressure on those guys. Utah is the overall number one seed in the NBA. Memphis wasn't even supposed to be there. It was supposed to be Steph Curry in this role, uh, but these young guys here, when you talk about John Morant as well as Dylan Brooks, how aggressive those two guards are in a sense. I know Brooks maybe plays a small forward, but he plays like a guard. He's going to put the ball on the deck and get to the rim. I think both of those guys like to initiate contact, play through contact. They're not looking for whistles. They just want to get out there and ball, and I think on the other side, Donovan Mitchell, you mentioned it. He looked pretty healthy to me. I think both backcourts are virtually unguardable, and the way that Utah spaces the floor and has those guards being able to open up space, open up driving lanes to be able to kick out the shooters. It's going to continue to be a struggle for Memphis to guard those shooters and keep Utah from putting points on the board. But I think likewise, the other side here too, is Memphis is going to be able to score and score in the paint and score at the rim and maybe get Rudy Gobert into foul trouble and flopping around the way that he does. So I was looking here, I'm probably not going to get involved with the number sitting at five with the Jazz on the road in this game. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see Utah talked about the grindhouse and Memphis being excited to be back there. I, I, I'm looking at the point total, the, not only the over in the uh, for the game at 224, but also over in the first half because I think they're going to pick right up where they left off in that game too. Neither backcourt is, is really guardable at this point. It's sitting at a dollar at 109 and a half, juiced a slightly to the over at a dollar 15. I like the over in the first half as well as the game. That's probably the route that I'm going to go. Is I'm going to play the total, and I think both teams are going to continue to score. Uh, James. Any over you want to play in this game, I can endorse. That's exactly where I was going with this. 224 to me is banking on a jazz defense that I don't think is going to show up in that kind of form unless you just think that they're not going to shoot the three-pointer the way that they have. But 
I, I don't understand, uh, frankly, this number at all uh, when it comes to the total. When you look at what's happened in this series, we had 270 points go up in game number two. And in game one, we would have gone over this total even with uh, Donovan Mitchell not playing uh, in most scenarios with the way that game played out. So I just don't see uh, where 224 is nearly enough for the way the Jazz shoot the three ball. That's the biggest factor for me between these two teams is that the Utah Jazz in game two went 19 of 39 from three-point range and obviously shot abysmally low from three in game one. I believe the number was 1249 or something along those lines. And they still were right in the game and still would have threatened this 224. I like the first half. I like the over in general. Uh, I, I, both this and the Portland and Denver game, I think, are uh, deflated numbers that probably are opportunities for you to uh, get in there and get involved in the totals. Series prices are updated for all of these, obviously with the exception of the Bucks and Heat being live here at the moment. So, James, uh, I'm curious if there's anything that you see based on last night's games especially that catches your interest. We saw the Clippers get down by 19 the first quarter and then save their season by getting back in, and they now move to minus 120 favorites despite trailing Dallas two games to one. We saw the Knicks uh, get pretty well blown off the court by the Hawks yesterday. They still have uh, the home court advantage in theory in this series, but yet plus 240 uh, against the uh, Hawks. Um, I don't know. I, I, there's not a lot that I that I love here, but maybe there's some series prices that you find interesting. Adam, I'm kind of stuck with a few of these series with some numbers that I have, and so I'm not looking to try to chase anything or try to get out of them right now because I don't think I can find a price point for me to 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 be able to get myself out of a couple bets. You mentioned the Knicks. I had that plus uh, it was two dollars and two and a quarter. I forget exactly what the numbers were, but not the Knicks to win the series, but for that series for the Hawks and the Knicks to go six games and also seven games. I think that was the series for me where I really wasn't sure what to expect with both young teams outside of Derrick Rose and we talked about him last week really going to be the 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 x factor in the leader for new york and he's lived up to it and even beyond what i thought he was going to do in the playoffs and really carrying the knicks team offensively uh, julius Randle really struggling really forcing the issue right now not shooting the ball well 23 percent so far shooting from the floor through these three games so yeah i'm i feel like i'm kind of stuck right there i'm hopeful i need another knicks win somewhere and i don't know if that's going to come in game four or not just based on what we've seen collectively aside from Rose with the Knicks. And then you mentioned the Clippers and, and I feel like that one, you know, I, I the, the only price I had with that was the Clippers to close out in five games and or six games and you can throw out the game, the five game, that's a loser already and still don't, I didn't like the, I, even though I didn't like the Clippers mindset coming into the series and trying to tank and position themselves to play the Mavs and I think that really fired the Mavs up to feel like you wanted us, you got us and this is what it's going to be like really played incredibly well on the road in Los Angeles those first two games to take both in uh, against the Clippers, then come back home. And that that momentum clearly followed them from Los Angeles to, to exactly to Dallas and jumped all over the Mavericks. And then Rick Carlisle just sticking with to, true to form where it's, well, after five or six minutes, we look to take Yulka Donkic out so that he can get some rest and come in later with the second unit because that's what we did for Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, well, 
Well, that was a different team with more veterans. This is a young team. That team had swag going last night, jumped all over the Clippers, and you saw the confidence and the energy that was out there. And as soon as Donkic went out, was a 14 to nothing run for the Clippers to get themselves right back in the game. I think coaching mistake from Carlisle for sure in that matchup. And I don't really know where to go right now with this Clippers team. The, the mindset there, yeah, Kawhi was very aggressive and, and played the way that he should. And we had a big game out of George. But Paul George is not one, Adam, that I'm going to trust to play that way from game to game. Definitely with Kawhi Leonard, he's going to have those nights. He had it in game two. He had it on and was bringing it in game three. Paul George is the X factor to me. Can he continue playing the way that he did in game three? Does that carry over to game four and subsequent games beyond that. I'm not really sure what to make of this series right now because I think the Clippers dominated in the paint, getting the ball to the rim, got any shot that they wanted close to the basket, high percentage shots, and they shot like at 58% shooting. Uh, but Dallas relies a little bit too much, in my opinion, on the three, and Porzingis was really a no-show. I'm not really sure where to go with those series prices because I'm not really sure where to go with either of these teams rolling into game four, Adam. You mentioned Kristaps Porzingis, and I think that's the X factor in this series is that Kristaps Porzingis, A, has not played very well, and B, is not healthy. It clearly is not healthy. He was injured coming down to the last couple of games of the regular season. Uh, I have been printing money the first three games on Kristaps Porzingis under rebounds because he's not playing inside. They have him strictly as an outside player. He crashes down to try to maybe get a three-point rebound, something coming in long, but he's not driving. He's not banging. And if he's not playing inside and he's strictly a jump shooter, that challenges what this team can do at the offensive end of the floor. Also, if you watched Luke Doncic in that game, that shoulder is hurting. Uh, they're going to obviously treat him, but he is not healthy. And you obviously missed the best price you were going to get on the Clippers, but I don't mind that because I had to see what they did last night to know whether I would feel comfortable betting them. I don't mind that minus 120 uh, on the Clippers because I don't see – Luca getting healthy in this series if that shoulder is bothering him. And Chris Porzingis clearly isn't right. Take those two out of the equation, and I don't really see how the Mavericks can uh, can win this series. Now, betting against Luca is a dangerous way of living, but uh, in terms of what these series prices are and what I think is the best on the board, it would probably be the Clippers at that uh, at that minus 120. And try to predict the future a little bit uh, here in the NBA. You only have to wait a week or two to be able to do that. You try to predict the future when it comes to the National Football League, and we have months to wait. But, of course, we have big contests that we've got some information on this week, James, the Circus Sports Million, the Circus Survivor. Uh, we know that this is where you have a lot of expertise to be able to share with folks, and I think we have some information uh, that we can throw up there at VEASAN.com. Uh, last year in the Circus Sports Million, the guarantee was $3 million. This year, the guarantee is $4 million. There's an added $25,000 quarterly prize for worst record. Uh, additional $1 million to be spread all the way down uh, from second to 50th. Uh, and you have some definitions up on the board for what those quarters are here. Uh, James, obviously not a lot of big changes in terms of that, but the Survivor Contest had some significant changes, not just the prize going up to $6 million, um, but now Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day are their own weeks, and in order to win the biggest prize that there is, uh, you have to be able to get the last game of the season. you got to go 20-0 and 0 to, to win that contest now, so bigger prize, but uh, bigger challenge as well. 
Potentially, as far as that last week is concerned, I think that's the gravy on top. If you're able to go and make it all the way through those 20 weeks and and come out on top, that's the extra added million. But I, I love the creativity uh, of the Circus Survivor and what they're continuing to build. And uh, there, I don't. Here's the the one guarantee with both of these. And I don't. I like to use the word guarantee or lock. Or we know those are four letter words we don't use in the gambling world. But when it comes to Circa and how they push it and market it out there and the great job of, of being creative with their contest the way that they are. I don't think we're going to see any overlay even with those big guarantees. And we're talking to the survivor at $6 million. I think we're going to have plenty of interest of folks wanting to get engaged and get involved with it. And I think the other side, when it comes to the Circa Millions now looking at Circa Millions 3, that's where, you know, that's the full handicapping cost contest, and now we know we have thrown another week or another game engaged and involved for all of these teams. Looking at it, you have to play it, at least for me, and I'm on the fence right now, so this is just for me personally as to whether what I'm going to do with the Survivor Contest, and if I'm actually going to play the Survivor Contest, kind of kind of goes against the way that I view most sports, and in particular the NFL, because I am typically an underdog player, and that's usually where I look. I look for which teams do I think, as an underdog, not only can cover that number if I think there's value in that and that plus number as far as the underdog is concerned, but also can they win the game outright. When you're talking about the survivor, there's a lot of strategy that goes into it. But number one, you're looking at which team is going to win the game. You're, we don't we throw out the point spread, but you're also looking ahead to which would be the the games where the bigger favorite is going to be the one that I'm going to select as you start to eliminate teams along the way. And I think that's the challenge for me. That's what I learned last year. Hadn't played a Survivor tournament in a long, long time. And back when I did, it was a little ham and egg tournament buy-in. wasn't a $1,000 buy-in with nowhere near the, obviously, the, the guarantee of uh, potential winnings. So I think for me, that's the challenge is to look at, can I, can I separate the two? Because I, I had a hard time doing that last year from my tendency just to look at dog prices in the NFL and I think you know I made a good run at it. I lost in th- I lost on Thanksgiving and obviously needed to go all the way to be able to chop that up. So love what they've done with the creativity to being able to put these contests out there. I'm not sure for me personally whether I'm going to get involved with the Survivor because I felt like last year I kind of spent more time working on the Survivor and looking at favorites than I did with the Circa Millions and the way that I approached the NFL when I look at dogs. So not there yet. Just uh, I don't want to be too reactive of what I'm going to do. We've still got a few months to figure these things out. At least I do. Uh, But ultimately, hats off to Circa again with the guarantees that Derek Stevens and crew are putting out there. Love these contests. Great for us in the sports betting world. James, a couple of minutes left in this segment, but what are you doing at this time of year to get prepared for contests? Right now, looking at off-season moves for one, not so much the draft, because I think with rookies, it, it doesn't play out too much as far as how impactful are they going to be on a team. A lot of times, those most impactful rookies are going to bad teams. But ultimately, I think for me, it's going to be looking at the turnover of the roster, Adam, as well as the turnover of the coaching staff. Did this team, in particular, Team A, B, or C, what was the, what did that impact look like when it came to free agency as far as roster moves, offensive line, defensive line in particular, as well as then the coaching staff? Is this coaching staff intact? What kind of momentum, if they are, what kind of momentum did they carry over or lack of momentum from the, how the way the season, the previous season ended, and or new coaches coming in? And typically for me, looking at new coaches coming in the NFL, especially rookie head coach, 
coaches, whole different environment rolling into now. Every you're you're the jefe, you're the head honcho there. Everything bubbles up to you. It's beyond just the X's and O's that a lot of them came from as either position coaches and or coordinators. A lot more to have to bring in bring in as a coach. So I look to usually fade those new coaches rolling into the season. So I dig into coaching staffs very deeply. Yeah, when you are the head coach of an NFL team, you are much more the CEO of a corporation than you are getting your hands dirty on X's and O's in most cases. And we've heard many coaches talk about the challenges of getting used to that bigger role and the more delegation that is involved in it. Come back in just a moment with updates on the NBA here from Betting Across America on VEASAN. you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities, 
and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Racing issues are on the agenda for the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. Jockey agent Steve Worsley and racetrack executive John Himes talk about the controversial riding crop rule that led riders to stay away from this week's season opener at Monmouth Park in New Jersey. Sally Goodall, Jim Goodman, and David Gutfreund are finalists for the National Horse Players Championship Hall of Fame. They discuss the challenges that horse players face these days. Clocker Andy Harrington handicaps some of this weekend's stakes races at Santa Anita. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is now available at vsun.com slash podcast or wherever you get podcasts, and it's sponsored by First Bet. Welcome back to Betting Across America on VEASAN. James Salinas in Denver, Adam Candy in Las Vegas. Uh, the Miami Heat, James, are not going away. Uh, 58-46 lead over the Bucks. We talked about not laying the two with the Bucks at the end of the first quarter, and that will likely look to be a wise choice because uh, the Bucks are now catching four and a half here as they trail actually back to 58-49 at the moment here late in the second quarter. Uh, James, they're getting nothing from Giannis at this point. Uh, 17 different players have scored in this game thus far. Giannis has three points on 0 of 6 shooting, though. Brent Forbes leads the Bucks with 9. On the other side, Trevor Ariza with 11. Tyler Hero with 10 as Miami shooting 7 of 15 from three-point range to have this lead with 2.5 to go in the second. Looking at Giannis in the shot selection, this is what comes into question. We saw this in the series last year in the playoff bubble was they'd play off and dare you to shoot it and and take away your driving lanes. Now think about game one where everything was to the rim for Giannis. Anything outside of the restricted area, he was 0 of 14. Well, to your point here, not off to a good start going 0 of 6 from the field, but his shots are starting to get further and further away from the basket. Hence that of those six shots, a third of them, two of them have been from the three-point range. I think Miami will say, absolutely, if you want to chuck it up from three, have at it. Let's play a horse, and I think we'll beat you five out of five times when you're shooting from the outside. We'll see what, what adjustments Milwaukee decides to make come second half, in particular for Giannis, as far as his shot selection, because I think it's got to be right now. Got to get to the rim. He has made three out of four field free throws, so from that standpoint, that's where he's shooting the best at, but from the, from the field, 0 for 6 and 0 for 2 from three-point line. James, let's keep talking a little NBA about some stuff coming up later on. Jazz and Grizzlies, I want to ask you, what's the better bet between these two wagers? Would you want the Grizzlies money line tonight at plus 170, or at that same price, would you bet for this series to go six games? I think I'd be looking more so at the six games. I'm not really sure what we're going to see. I, we've talked about this game of what we're going to see from an offensive standpoint for both teams. I want to see what are we going to see out of Memphis to be able to stop and slow down Utah after they put up 141 points on the Grizzlies defense in game two. I think here, if you're going to bet this here, I would bet for them to go six games because now you've given yourself, I, I, do I think that the, the Grizzlies will win more than two games in this series and stretch it out to six or stretch it out to seven? 
seven, excuse me, that means they would have to win three games. I don't see that. But could they pull out a game? Is it tonight? Is it is it tomorrow? Game or next game, game four? They've already shown they can win a game on the road in Utah. I just think you give yourself more opportunities if you played it to go six games at plus one seventy, other than the Grizzlies to go and win it tonight plus one seventy. Lakers to win the NBA title is three to one. LeBron to win Finals MVP is four to one. Um, before I ask you what the better bet is there, I'll say also that I would want to know what the price is on Anthony Davis uh, for MVP since he seems to be the healthier of the two. But these are the two we have on the board in front of us here. Three to one on the Lakers, four to one on LeBron for MVP. Exactly to your point, Adam, it would be if I'm t- choosing between these two, it would be the Lakers plus the 300 as opposed to LeBron where, yeah, absolutely. He's done that before and he win the ch- win the title for the Lakers and it's going to be, he's going to, LeBron James will have a huge hand on, on making that happen, but so could Anthony Davis. And between the two that are healthier, yeah, it definitely looks like right now for Anthony Davis is he looks the healthier part out there on the floor, although he did tweak his knee the other day in that game two matchup against the Suns, but then played very well in the second half. Looked like that wasn't an issue. Uh, but for LeBron, he's clearly not going to be 100% with that ankle until the offseason. The other part that concerns me too with LeBron uh, to be able to to pull out the MVP is think about this. There's still it's just we it's just the first week of the playoffs. This is just round one. This is going to be a grind. All the travel that's going to be involved, multiple series, multiple games. At some point, how is that going to affect LeBron James that ankle uh, throughout the playoffs, all the way through the finals? If the Lakers wraps happen to win the finals and do that, I would just look at the Lakers plus 300 because I just don't know how LeBron continually will be able to sustain the level of play all the way through to the finals as opposed to AD, who clearly between the two is healthier and really a very difficult matchup out on the floor. Anthony Davis, 22-1 to to win finals MVP. Betting across America rolls on in a moment here from VEASAN. NHL and NBA playoffs are here, and our experts are covering every angle to find betting edges. VEASAN hockey expert Andy McNeil is tracking all the NHL action, and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel has all the hoops insights. Our experts and the entire VEASAN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs, including odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now's the time. Cash in on the playoffs. Sign up for your 10-day free trial at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Adam Candy and James Salinas from Las Vegas and Denver on betting across America here on your Saturday afternoon. Uh, quickly updating you from the NBA as we have hit halftime between the Heat and the Bucks, and we have a seven-point game at the break, but not in favor of the team you might think. The Miami Heat have the advantage here. 64-57. Bucks are catching two here at the half. 233.5 as we are trending well over the pregame. 221.5. Bucks. We're four-and-a-half-point favorites here pregame. James, this week we had college football win totals come out, and I always love talking about these because, you know, we have a little shorter schedule than 
the, uh, the NFL. We have a little more predictability uh, in terms of how we think certain teams are going to perform, especially with, let's say, some of the money games earlier in the schedule for these college football teams. Let's start right here with some of the bigger names in college football. Win totals for the 2021 season. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Georgia. And we see the Alabama Crimson Tide, the Clemson Tigers, both at 11 and a half, even money to go over, minus 125 on the under. Oklahoma heavily juiced on the over at 11, minus 339, uh, plus 110 coming back. Ohio State, minus 113 on both sides of 11. And Georgia, even money, 10 and a half on the over uh, at even money and minus 125 on the under. Anything tempting here to you? Looking at Clemson, Adam, and, and Clemson at 11 and a half, basically, you got to go, you got to run the table. You got to go 12 and 0. That's the schedule this year. And and I know that it's, we're talking ACC, and the ACC is, is between the ACC and SEC. There's no comparison when it comes to the depth of competition that Clemson is going to have to face. But they are going to have to play an SEC opponent to start the season, and that is going to be, and that's going to be the Georgia Bulldogs, and that will be in Atlanta. I know it's listed as a, a it's a neutral site but ultimately it is in the state of Georgia and Georgia I think yeah there's going to be some transition less like with all teams but I think they know who their what their identity is going to be at offense with the quarterback position there with Barrett and then also defensively love that front seven there is some uh, some turnover at the corner position but talk about a team going in through not that it's so much transition and rebuilds it's not for the Clemson Tigers they're in position where it is reload but you are having to reload load and replace some some phenomenal players from those championship teams uh, that we've seen playing in the in the conference football playoffs, at, not, namely at the quarterback position for one, but also at, at running back position with ETN, some some losses on the defensive side of the NFL, too. I just think that's a lot to ask from Clemson to lose the caliber of players and leadership that they did, in particular with Trevor Lawrence, and now stepping into this environment from game one and have to go face a Bulldog team that that is very stout on the defensive side. Now, that aside, if they win that game, that puts them in good position, but it's still the grind of, the, of a full conference season where everybody that has everybody is going to be gunning for you, are you their opponents for the Clemson Tigers? And I look further down the schedule. If they're able to escape Georgia, there's still a stretch in that schedule. Now, namely, obviously, these are not nearly as competent teams in, of competition, but you will have three out of four games condensed on the road sandwiched with the game against Florida State at home, still kind of a tough spot where, yeah, you can you slip up somewhere along the way right there? Can you stay healthy throughout the season? I just don't see Clemson being able to run the table, even though, yeah, the ACC is is weak and it's down compared to the SEC. I just think it's a, a tall order for a Clemson team going through a lot of position changes here to be able to run the table again. As we tend to see every year, a lot of big-name programs have first-year coaches coming in off some uh, – rough seasons or at least higher expectations than the performance ended up justifying. Uh, Gus Malzahn, Andy Avalos, Steve Sarkeesian, Brian Harson, Josh Heupel, uh, Shane Beamer, Brett Bielma are all new coaches in new places. And the one that I want to point to here is Auburn with Brian Harson. That total is sitting at seven, uh, plus 110 on the over, minus 139 on the under. And I don't love that big under juice. However... When you look at what's in the cupboard for Auburn and you look at the schedule for this year, I can count to five wins pretty easily. 
I can squint hard and get to six if you tell me they're going to win at South Carolina against one of those new coaches in Shane Beamer. And then it gets a little tricky. Uh, Then I have to look and say, okay, from this group of at LSU, home to Georgia, at Arkansas, at A&M, and versus Alabama, can I find two wins in there? Um, I watched a lot of Brian Harson coaching at Boise State out here in the Mountain West, and that is a guy who got out while the getting was good as Boise State fell into the tank last year. Yes, they had some injuries at quarterback, but frankly, what Boise State should be in the Mountain West compared to what they were in the Mountain West, uh, James, I would have to think that Bo Nix was going to take a significant step forward to feel comfortable betting over on Auburn. And that's not a quarterback that I'm comfortable playing on a week-to-week basis, let alone to carry and be that leader for that team to win the amount of games you talked about it there with that schedule. Of course, it's going to be a brutal schedule for Auburn, and I'm right there with you. I think new coaches coming in, that's always going to be a challenge, especially when you're talking about a step up from where Boise is to roll into Auburn and all the expectations playing in the SEC as well as being at Auburn. I was looking also at Tennessee with Josh Heupel and thinking about where that team is. The cupboard was pretty bare to begin with. Struggled at the quarterback position all season long, did Tennessee. Now they've gotten with the transfer portal the way that it is in college football. I think that's something to keep in mind, not only for the teams we're talking about, all these teams, because so much movement with players, but movement with players at the quarterback position for sure from Tennessee. Milton coming over from Michigan. Uh, you got Brandon Hooker coming over from Virginia Tech. They had four guys that sat in the spring practices that they're going to roll into the offseason with and over the summer to figure out who's going to be the leader at the quarterback position. And then you look at Tennessee's schedule, knowing that, yeah, the quarterback position is a big question mark. Offensive line was their strength last year. A couple of them have moved on transfer portal. A couple have moved on to the NFL as well, as well as now a new whole new system when it comes to kind of that up-tempo uh, offense that Hypo likes to run that he did at Central Florida. I just think it's a tough mismatch here looking at this schedule. Games at Florida, at Alabama, at Kentucky, playing and hosting Georgia. I mean, just the murderer's role here in the SEC. I can't see this team getting to seven wins. Hey, at least we're not going to have to watch Jared Garantano every week. That's a win for everybody <laughs> involved here. So, Baseball slate gets going on the later side today. James has a couple of plays that he likes, and we will get ready for everything else happening later tonight in a packed sports Saturday. Thanks for tuning in to Betting Across America. You're from Beeson. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $100 if you place a $1 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three-pointer, regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code VEASAN100 when you place your first bet. Enjoy the playoffs more than ever. BetMGM. It's a new customer offer, paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only excludes Michigan dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line 800-889-9789 in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. 
Let's keep that sweet music going here on Betting Across America from VEASAN. Adam Candy and James Salinas from Las Vegas and Denver. Uh, we are at halftime between the Bucks and the Heat, 64-57 the lead for the Miami Heat. Bucks are two-point dogs at the break, 233-and-a-half. James, anything that has you interested in getting in? I think not. I think I'm going to just lay off this game and and keep, hopefully keep those series six and seven games alive for this matchup. And yeah, thing for the Heat, credit to them at least in the first half to uh, play with some sense of energy. Must have saved it up over the last two games because they didn't bring it in either game two or game three. But you figured they probably weren't going to lay down today, even though it felt like their bags had been packed after that game three performance. Still a competitive mindset on this team, probably more so carryover from uh, how they performed last year in the playoffs and being led with, with some of the leadership on the team when it comes to not only with the players on the court like Jimmy Butler, but also with Spolstra and Pat Riley there in the GM spot. Yeah. Uh, going to have some expectations as far as professional performance put out there on the court. And I'm sure they had those discussions from game three to game four today. So, but looking at this number here and why, looking at the bucks and we talked about this too, with the bucks and thinking about DiVincenzo and obviously not, not a, a huge impactful player, but anytime you're losing a starter, now you've got to make some adjustments to that rotation. I think I'm just going to stay off this game, let this game play out and then do more of an assessment on what was DiVincenzo's loss to this team how did it impact them not only uh, in this matchup in game four against the heat but how might that impact them if it goes to game five and or if they finish this series how is that going to impact them throughout the playoffs major league baseball slate is actually just getting going for the most part now we had a couple of games happening early double header between the pirates and the rockies it's seven nothing pirates uh, you don't want in on that. Go ahead and uh, leave that one alone. Phillies and the Rays, though, this is a game you might have some interest in. Phillies have tied it up. They were down 2 nothing in the first inning. It is 2-all between the Philadelphia Phillies and Tampa Bay. Uh, you're looking at the Phillies plus 133 here at the moment as Zach Wheeler has a runner on and one out in the bottom of the fifth against Tampa Bay. Brewers and Nats just underway, playing two there. Uh, 2-0 Brewers over the Nationals early. Keep in mind that uh, weather is, again, likely to impact those games at some point. So don't uh, feel guaranteed that you're getting the pitchers you thought you were getting at the beginning of that game. Orioles and White Sox, that is a one nothing game. Uh, excuse me, one-all game now uh, early on between Baltimore and Chicago. Twins have an early one nothing lead over the Kansas City Royals. Same for the Cubs at home against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, James, one of your games that you were interested in today has been wiped off the schedule by the rain. Uh, Blue Jays and Indians will not go a threat of weather tonight in Cleveland. And I mean, that's not surprising considering if you watched that game last night, it looked like they were playing in a thunderstorm uh, most of the way throughout another game. That was a bad weather contest where the field looked absolutely horrible. Uh, Miami Marlins visiting the Boston Red Sox. Those two teams get out at 410 Eastern today and I know you had an interest in playing this game 
I did, and I'm betting the under in this one. I did bet it earlier. It was sitting at under eight at a dollar twenty. Now it's moved to seven and a half is the total juice to the under at a dollar twenty as well. So got the better number there as far as as far as getting in earlier. And really, it was betting on a couple things. We talked about the weather. Now the weather is probably going to have an impact on this game. However, this is an interleague game here, and so with the Marlins coming in, I think they 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 really had to play through the slop yesterday to try to get these games in because that's the challenge when you're talking about an interleague series they're not going to be coming back as opposed to your divisional opponent where you can look to make up games later on in the season maybe this if this one starts on time not sure if it will but i think they'll do everything they can to try to get this game in the weather is going to be a factor it looks like light rain so maybe it gets delayed a little bit if it doesn't start on time but the wind is very crucial too it's coming in it's blowing in roughly around 15 miles an hour blowing in from center field as well it's just going to be a chilly, ugly day out there. So wind chill is going to be in the upper 30s. Not a great day for baseball. Not a great day to go hit the baseball and looking at the pitching side. Uh, not that Eovaldi is one that I love the back a whole lot. He's been rather somewhat effective so far this season, but we also know that the Marlins are not a hard-hitting team and really struggled to, to string runs to, or string hits together to score runs and the ball is not going to be flying out of Fenway based on the weather. But really this is a play on Trevor Rogers. I've cashed a number of tickets on Rogers so far this season. Young lefty has been spectacular for the Marlins, not only at home, but also on the road. And collectively, uh, he's his ERA sitting at 175. He's got 70 strikeouts through 56 and two-thirds innings. And I think he is also an innings eater. That's the beauty that I like. So anytime I'm betting on teams, especially totals, I'm trying to stay away from bullpens. We we know how well how, ver, how, how volatile bullpen, bullpens have been across Major League Baseball. And for both of these teams it is here but I'm betting on on Trevor Rogers the starting pitcher here for the Marlins as well as the weather to impact this game I'm hopeful that they'll get it in I think that they will because it is an interleague game so here I did bet the better number under eight at a dollar 20. Well James you talk about bullpens and that's why first fives are so popular you don't have to try to guess at bullpen patterns and bullpen usage by uh, by managers, you know exactly what you're getting for the most part. You're getting a couple turns through the order, and you get a much more uh, predictable set of outcomes. PGA Tour is rolling on today with the Charles Schwab Challenge. It is not often that after two rounds you see uh, minus 110 on the leader, especially when he only has a one-shot edge. But that's where Jordan Spieth, who was the pre-tournament favorite at 10 to 1, sits right now. He is 11 under through two rounds, shot 66 yesterday. Uh, Jason Kokrak is one shot back of him. He's 4-1 to one to win the tournament. Uh, Kokrak back-to-back 65s. Very popular, uh, consistent underdog play here with a lot of the experts at VEASAN. Chasers after that, no one uh, of serious consideration. You're into double-digit odds, and we have just uh, five golfers left to tee off in that tournament. Uh, James, the NHL, of course, two games tonight. We talked a little bit about those earlier between the Bruins and the Islanders, as well as the Maple Leafs and the Canadiens. Uh, we've got series prices listed, not only for the remainder of the first round for the Maple Leafs and Canadiens, but I want to look at this second round here as we have a couple of series that are about to get underway. We talked Bruins-Isles, Bruins minus 200, Isles plus 165. Going to have a great series as well in the Central, where the Lightning are minus 135, the Hurricanes plus 110. Uh, either of these series give you uh, anything that you think is value? 
now that we're getting deeper into the playoffs, I think here, kind of similar. I had a lot of uh, much more successful betting series prices in the NHL in that first round than I have been right now. And I know nothing's over yet in the NBA, but feel much better about what I did in the NHL than where my some, a number of my tickets currently stand with the NBA. Looking here, kind of taking the same approach where I'm not going to really be looking at the exact series price when we're talking about light, the Lightning. It's yeah, roughly a dollar thirty right now in favor of the Lightning, even though they are a short dog in Game One at Carolina, uh, laying Carolina's a dollar fifteen for the game. Looking at playing the series, I feel like these are these two teams and uh, so many teams now are getting into the second round of the playoffs, so evenly matched, so hard to try to figure out who's going to win this series. So looking at kind of approaching it the same way I've done with some of these other series. In this case here, do I think this series will go beyond five games and sitting at series uh, for six games plus 200 as well as do some shopping around? It sits at seven games plus 200, but also I could find will it go over six and a half sitting at two and a quarter so better price on the quarter as opposed to playing seven games which ultimately it's the same bet but you get a quarter juice to your side I think I'm looking at that approach and then really the lightning it's just hard for me to the, the defending Stanley Cup champions uh, yeah they've had some injuries but I think over the course of seven games that's maybe where I'm going to be looking to get involved with the lightning too. couple prices here that I'm interested in Tampa Bay to win it in six games plus 450 as well as to win it in seven games that would mean they'd have to go on the road to win it if it got all the way to seven games it's plus 500 those are some pretty juicy prices here because i think i'm leaning towards the lightning to win this series but i definitely think it's going to go beyond five games there are a lot of advanced analytics that i like to use to evaluate hockey and of course they're less reliable in short samples than they are throughout the course of the season they're even less reliable when you have a team like tampa bay where you add in a player like nikita kucherov and steven stamkos as well back into the lineup who hadn't played uh, the entire season in Kucherov's case. And so it makes it a lot more difficult to evaluate those teams. But in the first round, Florida, by all the advanced metrics, outplayed Tampa. And Tampa Bay just came up with what they needed at the right times. Of course, they had a much more stable goaltending situation, even though Andre Vasilevsky really didn't play well in round one. I think there is a little bit of value here on the Hurricanes at a plus price. Uh, they're not a team that has the sexier roster like the Tampa Bay Lightning. I haven't played it yet. I think there's a chance I probably will. I'll see if maybe the Lightning uh, can push that a little bit farther out. I might even be curious to see uh, after one game how big the number gets on the Hurricanes if the Lightning win game one. Uh, we talked earlier, of course, about the Avalanche and the Golden Knights. Uh, minus 200 on the Avalanche, plus 165 on the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, hard to bet against the Avalanche, but I do think at that number of plus 165, these teams that finish with the exact same amount of points in the regular season, I'm not sure there's that big a gap between Vegas and Colorado, although, of course, Vegas uh, without the home ice advantage in this series. Green Zone's coming up here from Circa for James, JJ, and the rest of our crew. I'm Adam. See you later. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.